They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. My name is Shane Pruitt, National Next Gen Director with the North American Mission Board. And always with me, my co-host, Paul Wooster, who is our National Collegiate Director for the North American Mission Board. What's going on, Paul? How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? What's up with hey. you? Hey, it's good, man. It's good. You know, I've been, you know, you and I both, we travel so much, but the last couple of weeks I've been home more and doing all the adulting things. It feels good. Like right now, literally today, we're getting our fence replaced, trimmed trees yesterday, cleaned out flower beds, like weeding, like weed eating, mowing, all those. Like, so man, I, I feel like a dad, dude. Like, I, feel like, a dad. like I, I mean, I was even walking around with sandals with socks on today. I'm like, man, I'm full dad mode, you know? Do you have the white new balances, the, you know, the classic white and blue new balances? <laughs> no, no, man, I don't have the new balance. I haven't gotten my AARP card yet. I think you got to have a card to wear new balances. No, I'm just kidding, man. Hey, Paul, you're looking good today on video. I know if you're listening to this, you don't get to see like our, our fits today. Um, but if you're watching, Paul's got like a cool shirt on, man. You look, the fits are looking good. Dude, yeah, Paul. I always got the NAM, NAM some yeah. element of NAM swag, you know, I'm, I'm working yeah, on getting this this neck tattoo like our guest today, just but it'll have the Nam logo just peeking up ever so slowly <laughs> right. right there. <laughs> ever so slightly, yeah. Hey, and speaking <laughs> of our guest today, man, our guest today, uh, you and I have been so excited about having him on. It's none other than Ben Bennett, who is a podcaster himself, an author. Uh, a communicator with Josh McDowell Ministries. Uh, he is the leader of the Resolution Movement. He is a fun follow. I follow him on Instagram. He's a fun follow. But yeah, man, like if you follow him on Instagram, man, he's got some fits games for sure, man. He's got yeah. much better fits than you and I do. And you know, when I say fits, I'm not throwing, not talking about throwing a fit outfit. You know, that's <laughs> that's what the kids say today. That's what the kids yeah, yeah. say. I'm so not, Ben put it. Shane, I'm not cool enough to say that word, actually. No, no. You know, it's like I got a 15-year-old. She says it. So, yeah, that's what the kid I would say today. So, Ben Bennett, possibly the coolest fit wearer we've had time on the Next Gen on Mission podcast. What's up, Ben? How are you, my friend? Yeah. Hey, good, guys. Good. Uh, Paul, Shane, so good to be with y'all. We've been connected for a while now and um, just have loved connecting with y'all and been uh, looking forward to this conversation for, for so long. And um, yeah, if you're not, if you're not watching, you know, uh, I do have some tattoos. My shirt says destined. I've been working on getting it fixed to say predestined. And uh, despite, despite all of that, I am a good reformed Bapticostal. So I know this there is a Baptist go. theme. Oh, Let's yeah. go. Awesome. I love it, man. I love it. Yes. Like I was, we were joking before we hit record and uh, I used to have a, a friend in Bible school that he was like, man, like reform Calvinist to the core. And he used to say, if it's not reformed, it's deformed. That's what he used to <laughs> say. I said, like, I don't know. All right. So, well, well, Hey, Ben, before we get too spiritual, man, tell us one fun fact about you that we may not already know. One fun fact. Ooh, let's see. Uh, I was a missionary kid. And so I, I grew up living in Chiang Mai, Thailand and Manila, Philippines for several years, several That's formative awesome. years from fourth grade to sixth grade. And it radically changed my life. I loved it. Come on. 
Yeah, wow, I love wow. that. Great, Ben. What are, what yeah, are some of the things factor. that you've you've taken with you and from that that experience? Just, I think one of the biggest ones was that God is not an American God. He's a global God. And um, mm-hmm. people worship God and, and see him differently, of course, through the scriptures all around the world. But um, God has given different cultures, I would say, more emphasis on different characteristics of him. And um, I, I think just the, not that Americans aren't kind, you know, I'm an American, I think I'm kind, but the way people in uh, Thailand and the Philippines embodied the kindness, the compassion of of Jesus was just profound to me at such a young age. Wow. Yeah. And some cultures, the hospitality uh, value is so strong that it's just like, it blows you away. The, the willingness to share and those type of things. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's really good. Another fun fact I've noticed about you, if you follow Ben on socials is he has an affinity for unique Airbnbs. Like you always find these really cool Airbnbs yeah. and I need to step up my game and that. I always just get like the Marriott hotel or something, but uh, I need to start, start doing that. That's, that's super fun. If so, I encourage y'all to follow Ben on social media as well. So, <laughs> so Ben, uh, yeah. let's jump into kind of the, the serious questions. The first question we always ask our guests is what do we need to know about Generation Z? Wow. Well, I mean, you guys are the experts here, so I feel like I should be flipping that around. Um, but but I'll just say from I've gotten to so I'm with Josh McDowell Ministry and we're a ministry of crew, formerly Campus yeah. Crusade for Christ. Right. And I had the privilege of being on two different long projects with with crew and, and just researching and having so many conversations with leaders and Gen Z. One was on if you're familiar with the what Bill Bright created, the four spiritual laws or the knowing God personally booklet. Uh, we created a updated, newer, different version of that for Gen Z specifically. And that was a year long, long process. And then I was on this other um, research project on another way of just kind of living your life, doing evangelism. So two different evangelism focused projects and uh, what a gift those were. I, I think one of the biggest themes I learned was the openness, kind of the blank slate that Gen Z has to the Christian worldview. Um, only 4%, uh, according to Barna stats of Gen Z, have a biblical worldview. However, yeah. different than my generation, millennials, they're not, so many are not growing up hurt by the church. They're growing up with a blank slate. And right, so right. we need to start um, in a different place with Gen Z, they don't have a Christian worldview. So we need to talk about how Jesus changed his life here and now kind of to help them understand the whole worldview of, of Christianity and Jesus. So that was one thing. Um, another thing I would say is, you know, there's so many stats about, uh, for example, 70% peer research, 70% of teens say anxiety and depression are major issues with their peers. Um, Suicide is still the second leading cause of death among teenagers, uh, college students, young adults. And so there's this deep pain, this deep hurt, and yet that doesn't characterize a generation. Um, they're world changers. They're motivated. They, um, so many of them love Jesus and are, go, are, are coming together and, and forming these movements and, and changing the world. They're more connected than ever before. And, and so my biggest theme is saying, how can we um, speak to these pain points or better yet, 
help them understand how Jesus speaks to these pain points, um, changes life here and now. I love how Greg Steer, one of my buddies, their gospel presentation starts, or one of the things is eternal life starts here and now. It's not about waiting at the rapture rest stop to go to heaven. Yeah, we are going to heaven. In fact, Jesus is coming back to restore heaven on earth and make all things new. But Jesus starts changing life here and now. And let's tell everybody about that. Mm. Love that. Yeah, that's hey, so uh, good, what, man. I love I that. A, I have a question. What's the um what's the name of that gospel presentation that you guys put together that has more Gen Z focus? It's called Made to Thrive. And you can get um the free PDF version of it at our, our website, resolutionmovement.org. You right. just head over to the resources tab and you can get that for free there and explore it. Yeah, it's awesome. great, man. Well, yeah, we'll definitely dive into that because I've been a huge fan of the four spiritual laws for a long time. So to have an updated version of that specifically for Gen Z, I think it's incredible. Well, Ben, with that, I mean, you're always in your preaching and your teaching resource development. It's always about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And really with that great focus on reaching and mobilizing the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So tell us briefly a little bit of your story, how you came to be a follower of Jesus to where you are now and where that passion comes from. Yes. So I'll keep it short. Um, For me, I I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My parents were involved in full-time Christian work, grew up going to church at the age of four, had a vivid understanding of, of the gospel that God loved me, wanted a relationship with me, but because of my sin, I was separated through Jesus, his life, death, resurrection. I could have a restored relationship. That relationship was restored. I mean, it was vivid. By the age of four, I like got this. I was telling my friends about Jesus, praying every day. However, life was pretty messed up for me. Although my dad was in full-time Christian work and pretty well known, he was uh, angry, emotionally abusive, bullying, um, made fun of me. Um, Later, it came out that he was uh, abusing alcohol. And so I was deeply hurting as a kid. I developed anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder at the age of eight. I eventually got addicted to porn, uh, was overeating so much, just coping. And my spiritual life was separated from my emotional life, the emotional wounds I had, my mental health, my relationships, and I don't say that to blame my dad, you know, um, but to be honest with this is it, it is what it is. And I had to, um, y- you know, honor and honesty are two sides of the same coin. There's a difference between naming and blaming. And I just had to right. name it and to work through that and, and forgive. Mm-hmm. And as I grew spiritually, but these other parts of me were neglected, I was suffering. I was struggling. You, you know, the gospel Uh, or Jesus, you know, saved my soul, but, um, and I knew I was going to heaven, but I was, the abundant life wasn't a much of a reality for me. And and eventually it was through a long process of meeting a pastor who was also an addiction therapist, um, going through a process with him, getting into um, good counseling that was focused on Jesus and helping me work through some of these wounds and stuff. I started a ministry, started getting to help lead other people to the healer, to Jesus through these processes. And um, uh, for me, so much of it throughout my life has is, is been about helping people meet Jesus, know him, and be set free here and now. Mm. Uh, I think of the, yeah. the Greek word for salvation. It means to be saved, 
but also to be made whole and healed. And uh, I'm not saying we're all going to be doing awesome and physically healed and all of that, but I think there's a relational healing that God wants to do in our souls and with him and with other people. And um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful, Ben. And I know, you know, one of your passions is just that to help young people thrive. And so really the big topic of our conversation today is really Gen Z and emotional health. I know you've written a book called Free to Thrive. I really encourage people to check that out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so tell us about uh, what that means. You talked about getting people to the healer. And so what does that mean of, of like helping young people thrive? And tell us a little bit about your book, Free to Thrive. Yeah. So I always take it back to, um, and kind of what Josh McDowell and I did on this book was we looked at all throughout the scriptures and, and research and, you know, in the garden of Eden, what was, what was thriving about? It was about knowing God and having healthy relationships and knowing that you're made in the image of God. You have, whether or not you're a Christian, you have inherent worth and value and, and you matter. And yep. Um, thriving is primarily relational. Having, I think of Luke 2.52. Our model is Jesus. Uh, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature in favor with both God and man. There's a spiritual, emotional, relational, and physical wholeness or discipleship that we need to be, even in evangelism, that we need to be focusing on. Um, people need to become spiritually whole, but just like Jesus, mentally and, and emotionally and relationally whole. And so we see all throughout the scripture, the New Testaments, 100 times, um, one another is mentioned, pray Mm -hmm. for one another, um, uh, confess your sins to one another. And there's this huge emphasis on people being loving and kind and supporting one another. Harvard, um, in our research, we came across this study from Harvard. It's gone on for eight decades, and they were tracking graduates from Harvard um, over and over again, one of the biggest studies, longest studies ever done. And they wanted to see what led to a happy or the happiest and healthiest lives. And the founder of the study said, by far, good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. It's not money. It's not success. It's not, you know, physical health even. No, no, no. It's I'm like going, this is Christianity. You're meant to have a good relationship with God and with other people come hell or high water. And that's what leads to a thriving life. And so we have to help young people get reconnected to, I I mean, I think about the loneliness epidemic. We're more lonely than ever yet. we're, We're more disconnected than ever yet lonelier than ever. However, loneliness is not a lack of relationships. It's a lack of meaningful connection with others. That's good. And we're designed yeah. to be well connected with God and with other people and um, just to experience that thriving life of wholeness here and now. Yeah, that's great. And I love what you said. Well, I go to is like, you know, we're the most connected um, through all things, social media and Internet, um, but some the most lonely. And you can even see that in ministry leaders. Paul and I talk about that all the time is like ministry yep. leaders are constantly around people, but are sometimes the most lonely people in the room because they have a lot of scars and wounds, don't feel like they can open up to people, don't feel like they can trust people or let people in. And so we can be very guarded, keep people at a distance. And so I think even ministry leaders feel, you know, some of the things you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, And I I think um, one of the things that hinders connection with God and others is this sense of shame or guilt. And um, one of the things that causes that brings that on is pornography Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just an epidemic in our, in our society. A recent study of Christian college men showed that 90% of these men engage with pornography weekly. And then another, um, even the women, about, it was about 60%. So this is not a, an issue that women aren't, aren't dealing yeah. with also. Um, what, what advice would you give? I know this could be a whole, whole topic, but mm-hmm. would you give ministry leaders who are trying to help students overcome this issue or, or some of them, if, if they're honest, would, would also be struggling with this as well? Um, so so what, what would you say to that issue, um, that particular issue? I think first and foremost, the, stati- the statistics are true, is that it has become the norm, even for leaders to be struggling with this stuff. <clears throat> and, and so thinking of Genesis 3, um, so many of us are naked and ashamed, and so we hide, yet God comes after us and says, where are you? And I want to remove those fig leaves. And, and he removed the fig leaves and instead sacrificed for Adam and Eve. And yes. he wants to do that you know, for, for us. He wants us to believe it, that he was naked on a cross. He despised the shame, died for our sin, died for our shame, put it to death, rose again. And may we walk in that and believe that. Um, second thing I would say is, is we found, and I found in my own life that our sin struggles are not random. Um, the mental health struggles we're dealing with are not random. Proverbs 4.23, everything you do flows from your heart. And as we talk about being holistic, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically, we got to look at our life and say, what happened to my heart? Yeah, there is the reality of, you know, indwelling sin and, and things like that. But reality is we don't live in Eden. And things people say, things people do wound us and wound our heart. Yeah. And unless our heart is whole, and Ezekiel said, um, or the, uh, there's the prophecy that I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And so we've been given a new heart. We have the Holy Spirit in Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us when we accept Jesus and figuring out what, what has happened in my heart. So practically that looks like, okay, the times I look at pornography, even the types of yeah. scenarios, there's been so much research done on this, the types of scenarios I gravitate towards that situation, that body type. What is that about? Who does that remind me of? Um, wow. What we have found is that so many of us in our hearts, we're trying to fill something. Um, I worked with a guy years ago who was, he was struggling with a specific type of pornography that was, he was, you know, looking at men. And as we looked at who does that remind you of in the situations, it reminded him of his dad and he had been, Mm. his dad was angry and bullied him. And, and subconsciously he was trying to find the love of a father in this type of pornography. And once he figured that out, boom, in community with Jesus, he could start fighting those, fighting those lies. Same thing with anxiety. Why do I struggle why do I get anxious? Why do I fear rejection? We call it the fear of man. Uh, I think it's, that is true, but I, I think fear of man is less about people and more about a learned response to avoid rejection because mm. we've been experienced woundedness or, or hurt or been bullied or, or abused. And so thinking about Romans two, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, to change, yes. to turn around. 
God in his kindness has dealt with our sin. He's dealt with our shame and we are freed up to not just condemn our struggles, but now question them. And in questioning them, we can find what we've truly been looking for. The love of the father, the kindness of God connected to community where we're set free and, and not shamed. And so I, I think that those two places are a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. And and I love too that what you, you know, focusing on the heart change, you know, because uh, I think all the accountability aspects, I think when we talk about pornography, usually we just run immediately to accountability. And that's good, right? So like things like covenant eyes, and there's so many other great resources out there like that are good things. Please don't hear, you know, listeners, please don't hear me say those aren't good things. Mm -hmm. Accountability, those right. safeguards in place are good things. But if we don't have a heart change, then people find ways around that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if your heart yeah. doesn't change and you're seeking out sin, you'll find ways to jump over those barriers. And so the yes. heart change is where it's got to start. So I love that you focus on that. It's great. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, and so being going back a little bit, you know, to emotional, mental health, we know that leaders are not immune to this at all. In fact, um, you know, Paul and I do a lot of coaching for next gen yep. leaders. And we find out that's one of the, the biggest topics that we address even with leaders, because we found uh, kind of going back to that heart change, you know, healthy evangelistic leaders are more apt to lead healthy evangelistic ministries. Yes. Sometimes if we just be honest, the reason we're not leading healthy ministries is we're not that healthy ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to leaders who are struggling with emotional and mental health and what are some next steps for them? Um, so before I was doing what I was doing now for about six years, I was working with leaders in the campus ministry of crew and, you know, so many people, and I had the privilege of leading these six month or year long healing groups and where we we're just diving into people's stories and their struggles and helping them get, get healthy or Jesus was helping them get healthy through the group. Mm -hmm. And, um, what I found was so many people came to the group with what they thought was their problem. It was like, my problem is this, my problem is this sin. And that is a problem. But what they found is, is they started to thrive once they realized what that was about. They started to get healthy. They started to become more emotionally aware. And as a result, their ministries got healthy. Their evangelism went up. Their passion went up because like <laughs> John four, the woman at the well, come see a man who told me all that I have ever done. Right. And um, they, the gospel, it was like, um, Jesus returned to them the joy of their salvation. And so don't just see it as a getting healthy as some problems you got to get, get rid of. See it as deep discipleship of Jesus yeah. wants to continue to sanctify and transform me and do stuff in me and then do stuff through me. And I think when it comes to emotional health, um, thinking about one, uh, Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm -hmm. Um so many of us don't want to slow down. We're afraid of what we'll find if we ask God that question. Oh man. Mm -hmm. Because it means maybe dealing with some hurts, maybe dealing with some um burdens, some unforgiveness, some resentment. I mean, that happens a lot in ministry, being hurt by other people or even mm -hmm. stuff from from growing up. And so if we can find one friend, I would say find one friend and start to throughout the week, just text, just talk. Yeah. Give a couple updates about how you're actually doing. Google a feeling wheel. 
that says it talks about like anger and sadness and, and these type of things, you know, um, and, and ask God to search you and help you identify those things and then share it with somebody and be honest with, with God, just start to name what you're feeling. Um, because once you can name it, then you can figure out, well, what is this leading to? You know, so many of us are acting in unhealthy ways on our emotions and we don't know it. And so you yeah. identify what is setting you up for those unhealthy behaviors. So often it's, it's emotions and emotions are, there's no bad emotions. Uh, emotions are good and God given, but the question is, what do we do with it? Wow. And what are we thinking yeah, in response to it? And so identify them, name them, and then ask the Holy Spirit to help you choose a healthy response. Yeah, that's it's great. So good. Very practical. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, um, the idea, I love this idea of we're getting at is the difference between accountability, which is good, and I, I'm all for that, which a lot of our um, collegiate ministries, you, you think about the classic Dawson Trotman or guys like that, they're super hardcore accountability came in that era of the, you know, World War II era, where it's like, just pick yourself up and, and yeah. go. And I came out of a ministry like that. So it's so easy to, to look at what am I doing? And mm -hmm. how are we performing? And then rather than kind of connecting. Um, so so I think it's important to have connection and accountability should be a piece of the puzzle, but um, it should be both connection and accountability. Um, and so that kind of leads me to um, the, our next question is, some people would say that are really focused on mental health, maybe they come from a more um, hardcore, or like intentional is the way they would word it, evangelism, discipleship, and they think this emotional health stuff is kind of just a bunch of warm, fuzzy stuff. Um, you know, what would you say? Um, what would you say to someone like that? And actually, honestly, sometimes I've I've kind of fallen into that camp. Yeah. I've softened up over the years, but um, I used to be like, oh, just a bunch of sissies over there. Um, <laughs> but what, what, what would you say if someone that says this could be a distraction to evangelism or mission mobilization or things like that? I would say, you know, the gospel doesn't change. The gift doesn't change. But I heard one of my friends years ago say the gift wrapping changes. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do is keep the, you know, the gospel the same, but look at the felt needs of today. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, our former president with crew, um, Steve Douglas, say something brilliant years ago. He said, look for the pain points in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody is struggling with anxiety, and you've struggled with it, or your friend has struggled with it, and Jesus has helped you in that. Talk about that, and then tell them who Jesus is, yeah. um, or or with hurt, or brokenness, or or loneliness, and all of these things. See, pain is pain because it's it's the opposite of what God designed us to experience in Eden. So, with every pain point in someone's life, there's an opportunity to point people to Jesus and talk about the Christian worldview. It's amazing. Um, and so, and then make it personal with how Jesus has, has changed my life here and now. And so starting to, we really have to stop seeing mental ill health or depression or anxiety or even suicide as weakness. Because if we look at the struggles of some of the heroes of the faith, you right. know, of course, Jesus is the only real hero, but Look at Job. Oh, man, I was reading 
about Job the other day. And so he lost his health, his wealth, his family. In Job 3, he, he said, why did my why did I not perish when my mother gave birth to me? That is a yeah. depressed and almost suicidal man. And it also says in Job that he, <clears throat> that he didn't sin at all uh, by questioning or blaming God for everything he went through. That was a strong man of faith, yeah. yet he struggled with, um, I would say, deep, dark depression. Uh, I think of David all throughout the the Psalms and and the things that he struggled with and anxiety and depression. And the reality is, is it is real and it is painful. And when you suffer, um, and so many of us do on this side of the Garden of Eden, sometimes our response is to get be filled with sorrow or to become depressed. And and that doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're you're human and you live in a fallen world. Mm. And um, Jesus designed the church to step into those places. In fact, Jesus stepped into those places in the lives of people. So may we do the same. Yeah, that's good, Ben. Ben, thank you so much, man, for your wisdom experience. I love your, your speaking with the authenticity. You can tell this is the overflow of what God's done in your life uh, and where you're thriving and following Jesus in ministry. Um, and so we always close our conversation with the same on-mission charge that really the heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they're the now generation, not the future of the church, but the church right now, that they have a mission now, a calling on their life now, the great commission on their life now. So would you give us one closing thought on this and maybe one practical next step of the next generation really being the now church? Yeah, I would just say that um, the rea- we know what the statistics say. We know what the enemy wants for people today in this generation is for them to not know Jesus. Um, it's for them to not thrive. In, in fact, it's for them to um, blame God and blame Jesus for the pain mm-hmm. they're experiencing. What if we what yeah. if we said, said and said, we're going to step into those places and look for those pain points and say, I think one of the greatest answers to why does God allow, why does it, if there's so much pain and suffering, why doesn't God do anything about it? Well, he did something about it. In fact, he did the greatest thing about it by dying on the cross, facing more pain and suffering than anyone in world history and rising again. And one day he'll restore all things. So he has the greatest solution to that question. May we tell people about that. Mm. Yeah, I great. love that, Ben. And I love the emphasis of your ministry. And I have yep. come around to, to see the importance of these things. And, yeah. uh, and really, because if we're sending people out on mission, and they're not at a good, they're not thriving, then they're just going to be way less effective. And they're going to be That's hindered right. in their in their mission. So it's not an either or thing. It's a man, we're doing this so that the mission of Jesus can move forward. And so just thank you so much for your ministry, Ben. And um, how can people connect with you um, and your resources? Yeah. um, New book came out back in August, all about this stuff, being free to thrive, very Jesus focused. Uh, And you can find out more about that at resolutionmovement.org. And we've got a podcast, free email series. We just want to help serve people in in what God is already doing through them and kind of help help them understand these things some more if they're interested. And then I'm on Instagram at Ben V Bennett would love to connect with you, answer any questions. I'm active in the DMS. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts, just having conversations with people. So. Yeah, that's great, Ben. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for your time, 
your experience, your wisdom, and sharing that with us. And friends, thank you so much for listening to another conversation on the Next Gen on Mission podcast. Remember, if you have questions on reaching the next, genera- next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. We'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, if you are enjoying these conversations, Please uh, share these with friends through emails, text messages on social media. If you share them on social media, be sure to tag Paul and I or our Gen Sin social media, and we will reshare your share because sharing is caring. Also, uh, be sure to give us a rating. Paul says five-star ratings only. All right. Uh, So be sure to give us a rating and follow all those good things. Uh, That really does help get the ministry of the Next Gen on Mission podcast out there. So friends, thank you so much for your time. We pray you have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.